The Frozen North, Episode 35, Matt's Effect. Welcome to episode number 35 of the Frozen North Gaming Podcast. We are a podcast bringing you the best that story-focused gaming has to offer. Uh, we're family-friendly, we are friends, and we have families. Right, guys? <coughs> um, I can neither confirm nor deny those allegations. Those no. Well, okay. My name is JJ, and I'm here with my two buddies, Mark. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah! <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Mark was stuck in a time a time lapse, and so huh. what happened was it started out real slow, and then he broke free of the time yep. time vortex. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's and exactly Brian, right. hey guys, I'm Brian. Uh, I am not stuck in a time vortex, so I'm talking at normal speeds. Oh, there it went. Just pat, just past me. That's just yeah. JJ's computer slowing down. Gotcha. We uh we we this episode honestly I know last week's was kind of short and this one probably will be kind of short as yeah. well. It's, we got, it's post E three, you know what I mean? We yeah, little like light news and uh, we're kind of in the middle of games right now. Yep. Not really much on the email front. Uh, we're just kind of, you know, hanging out. That's right. But we uh we're we're gonna uh, be talking to somebody new today. Uh, our uh forum moderator Matt, who joined our family uh, a few like what month ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Something like that ish. Been moderating the crap out of the forums. And uh, kind of just, I mean, our, like, E3 wrap-up wrap-up, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah, well, we really didn't get a whole lot of uh, feedback from Mark during E3, so I'm curious True to enough. hear what, you know, what he what he was uh, thinking about the old Electronics Entertainment Expo. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, as always, you can uh, email us at frozennorthpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is fngaming.net. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash thefrozennorth. Our Twitter is at FNPodcast. Mark, I'm impressed because you finally passed me in Twitter followers. Woo! I'm on there, which is good. A success for like a week. Um, and then you'll surpass me again. Ow. It's because I talk to people sometimes. I'm making inflammatory remarks on my own private Twitter account. Nice. <laughs> oh, boy. We have a blog at frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com. Please subscribe to and rate us on iTunes. We would appreciate it. We uh, we we haven't gotten like any like good show feedback in a while, positive or negative. Yeah. It's just kind of, I I mean, if you're out there and you're listening, just send a send a hey what's up like your show, and leave it at that. We would appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, well, I mean, let's let's get into it. Brian's actually gonna. Yep, I'm pass stepping the, out for uh, this. Uh, I gotta go read a book. You can't read. Well, oh, dang. Oh, that's why okay. I send all the notes to you in picture form. Well, um, <laughs> I know you guys will, will all miss me, uh, but uh, uh, Matt is uh, an exceptional gentleman, and so it'll lessen uh, the blow. Mm. So get ready for Matt's effect. <laughs> and through the power of radio. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. Hey, JJ. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, man. E3 was just bonkers. 
bonkers, huh? Borderline bananas. What? Uh, that was great. Well, uh, let's let's uh, kind of introduce you a little bit. Why don't you uh, give us and the listeners a little bit of uh, gaming history on yourself? Sure thing. Just a little bit. Keep it short. I've seen your freaking profile. Fine. Well, let me let me preface something with Matt. We have told many stories about you. <laughs> on this show over the last year or so that we've been doing it. Oh, I know. I've been listening. One of these days I'm going to tell the story about how Matt uh, completely destroyed one of my strategy guides. Oh, have you not already? Uh, I don't know if I have. One? Fantasy 7. Yeah, just that one. What about Earthbound? Earthbound. Oh, you... Oh, man. And you pulled out the pages of my Pokemon (laughs) one now that I think about it? Man. Hates me all over again. I've known Matt since he was like, what, four? Yeah. Something like that. So, yeah, he was a kid at the time, but... I remember when I came over and you like... I, you were playing Mega Man 4, and I was like, I want that so bad. <laughs> oh, and you just Mega gave Man it to me for great. Christmas. I did. I gave it to you and your brother for Christmas one year. You were like my best friend from then on. Because <laughs> like, my, my parents refused to buy me games when I actually wanted them. I had to rent them from yeah, Front Row that. Video. We used to go over there all the time yeah. and rent games. Dollar yeah. Tuesdays. Matt, we've known each other since what? We were like 14, maybe 15? Something like that. I actually met you through JJ. That's Cause, Oh, because JJ, JJ was brought, friends with your brother. Uh, JJ... <laughs> JJ brought my brother over to fix Matt's computer, and Matt was at another friend's house, and I was like, what What are you guys doing here? Why Why is John and... I do remember that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then D&D D&D happened, and Marcus and I were bros for life, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Best times ever. Yeah, we've, we've got quite a few good D&D stories. Mm-hmm. We ever, we ever get our uh, tabletop stuff going we'll we'll definitely share a couple of those because there's some pretty pretty good ones in there definitely Funny stuff yeah anyway uh some backstory on me i guess uh i'm quite a bit like jj i guess i really prefer the old school stuff um but i am somebody who sees the benefits of the newer stuff i'm i kind of try to see the the positive and everything for a long time i was very cynical about gaming what i did is when i left high school i decided i'm gonna try and go into this industry and i went to arizona of all places to try and actually get into it and uh spent eight years out there trying to break in and man that was rough it is really difficult to break into that industry so i've got a little bit different perspective i became very cynical about gaming in general i completely dislike the industry uh the (laughs) way that it's it's corporate run, but you know, I tried after, since I got away from it, I've been trying to, he applied at EA. That's why he's so bitter. (laughs) That's actually, that would do it. (laughs) Shut up. That's actually a true story. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Makes Um, sense. So yeah, after I got out of that, I'm, I'm coming back to my consumer roots. What was their, what was their response? Were they like, no, sorry, you actually like video games. So we can't, we can't have somebody like that here. (laughs) They they were basically like, well, sure. You're a designer, but what have you designed? I'm like, but I'm educated, and they're like, "But we don't care." They wanted history. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they're like, "You have to like yeah, have you have to have a AAA blockbuster hit in order to get hired by us." I'm like, yeah. "Oh, okay." It is like, EA. We'll hire you as a tester. <laughs> and I was they like, need, "Oh, thanks." They need the sure, absolute. They need the absolute best talent so they can drive all of their franchises into the ground. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do that with <laughs> crappy designers or people who are just getting into the industry, for that yeah. matter. Anyway, if you want to back up a little further than that, before all that happened, before I wanted to go into gaming, started out with Mega Man, still a master at Mega Man, um, Zelda, and then uh, when I met you, actually, I wasn't really into Final Fantasy all that much at first. Like, I liked it, um, but it wasn't until I played Super Mario RPG that I discovered how much better an RPG is compared to, like, your traditional platformer, because I had it 
right next to each other. Super Mario World and Super R- R- Super Mario RPG. Yeah. Super Mario RPG was just better in every way. You you and I kind of like I think we both got each other into different things like I I did I introduce you to Final Fantasy? You did. And and like you introduced me into Star Ocean. Right. And that kind of stuff. and we kind of just went back and forth and we still every now and then when we talk it's like, "Well, have you played this one? Have you tried this one?" and we'll kind of, you know, feed off of that and recommend things to each other. It's it's awesome to have somebody like that that shares similar interests. Like chances are if I know Matt likes a game, I'm probably going to feel the same way about it. Final Fantasy 13 is a different story. We won't talk about that. Man. <laughs> but but for the most part throughout the past, you know, we we've kind of had similar interests and we I remember like shoot god you and i played through final fantasy 7 i don't know how many times i still play through it once a year yeah i'm the same way and i mean like we would like be like okay i'll play through the first part here then i'll give you my save file then you play through this part and, right you know we'd switch back and forth it was it was good stuff good stuff back then yeah we gotta start doing that stuff stuff again uh but yeah just recently i mean you've actually convinced me to give the tale series a shot like i have a couple other friends that kind of that, that like it but i don't really trust their opinions <laughs> i think i think you will love it yeah. Absolutely. So I'm actually going to get into it. I'm not sure which one I want to start with first. Sounds to me like Vesperia is not a bad start, actually. It's May- not. I would, and I've said this on the show before, I would start with Symphonia. Oh, okay. Because you're, and I, like Brian's brother, Kyle, I was talking to him the other day. He started with Vesperia. He loved it. Um, but he said, you know, I'm, I'm worried about going to Symphonia because I feel like it might be a step back in as far as the battle system and that kind of stuff. That might be true, to be honest. It's been years since I've played Symphonia, but it was the game that, that introduced me into the series and it made me fall in love with it. And gotcha. the fact that they have the HD version out now, I mean, there's no better time to play it. If I were you, that's what I would start with, but Vesperia, you can't go wrong with that mm-hmm. either. Yeah, I gotta give a shout-out to uh, Terran Lightning. You gotta play Soul Nomad, my friend. You need to play that game. You do. <laughs> they, yep, they do So like good. It. You will be a follower of Gig so fast. <laughs> Gig is a character in that game that is amazing. You will love him. Oh, yeah, you like a lot of the uh, the strategy RPGs, too. I do. I, I do really like strategy RPGs, although there's a lot of them out there that I still haven't played. Like, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm so fearful that I'm going to find one that's going to knock the king off of his throne for me. Like, for me, Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, I just love yeah, that game. I don't, to be, yeah. I don't want to play a better Matt, strategy RPG than that, I guess. Matt has a special relationship with Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, yeah, I do. It's a great game. I'd, I mean, break up with, I'd break up with my girlfriend over that game. That's true. <laughs> he almost did. <laughs> have, have you guys, I mean, I know I know that uh, I've mentioned it on the show before, um, another podcast that I listened to, uh, The Dice Tower. Have you ever heard it before? Yeah, I have. Um, Tom Vassell, the mm-hmm. host of it. He, I mean, just listening to him talk and stuff and, and kind of getting to know him through the episodes and everything, He he's not huge on video games. Um, he loves board games, obviously, but he always says, like, if I had to choose one video game to play, Final Fantasy Tactics, I would take it in a heartbeat over anything else. Absolutely. Because it's, I mean, it really, honestly, it plays like a board game, almost. Yeah. It's oh, so good. If you have any kind of background in, in Dungeons & Dragons and you actually like the mechanical aspects of Dungeons & Dragons, Final Fantasy Tactics is a must-play game. It's it's fantastic. That's, For sure. I agree. Cool. I mean, any, anything else you want to add about your, your gaming history and... Uh, we 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 uh, signed you on as a uh, as a forum moderator. Um, you might be looking into possibly uh, want to do some reviews for us in the future. Absolutely, I'm trying to figure out how I want to review games. Um, right now, I'm playing through a couple of uh, classic RPGs just to get myself back into it. Um, it's been a while since I've beaten a game. I've always had a problem with beating games, mm-hmm. but that needs to happen in order for me to give a a full fledged review of a game. I have sure. to actually finish it to completion. 
I just thought of something. Remember when we did our FN horror stories? Yes. And I brought up the story about how a friend of mine had ran in front of me while I was playing Final Fantasy VI and yanked the controller out. Yep. That or the uh, cord that was Matt. Bam. That was him. But like <laughs> I said, like it. I said, he was he actually was a really good sport about it. Like he felt terrible and he sat there for the next like three hours playing the game, trying to get me back up to where I was. I, so. I would say about seventy percent of the stories you've told where you didn't name the culprit, <laughs> probably <laughs> probably Matt. I I'd say that's probably true. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, and even growing up, I was I was really good friends with your brother. That's he was the first person I met when I moved out to Kansas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Stu and I we still get along great, and he's he's a really good guy. But I think just you and I had such similar interests, right? That we just we just had that 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 connection there as far as video games go. Yeah, um, my brother's lame and kind of grew out of that stuff. He did. He I mean, he <laughs> used to play absolutely, yeah. but uh, he was more into he was big into the Sonic and the Mega Man and stuff when we were growing up, which I mean can't fault him for that because those were fantastic games as well it speaks to how good the game was he did like final fantasy 7 a lot yep that's right i remember borrowing it from you guys on christmas and then getting it that night (laughs) and you returned it like a couple of days later no it was like it was like either that night or the next day yeah yeah i wanted it back good stuff because i I was secretly really pissed (laughs) (laughs) why would you let him take it He's a really big fan. It's okay, though, because as soon as I got it back, I played it for like six hours, and then my brother ruined my save file, and I had to start over. Did you really mind, though? I was I was upset at my brother at that point, so it didn't matter. Yeah, but you get to replay it again. I forgot Great that game. you had taken the game, because I was so <laughs> mad, mad at him. <laughs> um, well, okay. So, I mean, so... If you go to our website, fngaming.net, you can see our, our profiles that we have on there. Me, Mark, and Brian have all put... Uh, you know, little bios and uh, our top five games on there. Um, we asked Matt to do it, and his his has been up there for a little while as well. And uh, our top five games are there as well. So, Matt, why don't we talk about your top five games of all time? Oh boy. Okay, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be rough. Let's go ahead and get through them. <laughs> I am an outrageous person. All right. Agreed. Agreed. It is agreeable. Man, his <laughs> bio is longer than either of ours. I agree. Yep, it is. Well, it turns out I'm just a much more interesting person than you, Mark. Oh, oh! He just said you, not me. So uh, cool. Hey, <laughs> say say the same thing about uh, JJ. I refuse. And I'll feel ba- I refuse. Boom! I'm t- I'm I'm gonna go on a two minute <laughs> silence vow. Uh huh. That that'll be good. Mark, have you played any of the me... games on his list other than his number two? I've played one, two, three, and four. Really. Interesting. I've only beaten two and three. All right. Matt, hit us up with your number five, man. Number five, Legend of Mana. This is a this is kind of a tough one. I, I see you grimacing over there. You're just pissed because I didn't choose Secret of Mana. I... Ugh. This game is so linear without actually being linear. I like, love it. It's... Ugh. It's not bad. All right. For those of you who don't know like what this game's all about um this was an interesting experiment done by square uh of way of presenting a world to a player um basically you you build your own world on like a tiled map you get artifacts that you can place on the map and you can basically put the world together in any order you want um but placing certain areas next to each other affects how the story is actually going to play out to you because um, there's these things called mana spirits, and you need the mana power level to be at a certain point 
in a particular area in order to unlock certain quests at certain times during the game. Otherwise, it actually shifts everything around. Sometimes, if you don't do it right, you may actually miss out on a couple of the quests. So I thought that was really interesting. That's what that's what kind of always drew me away is I would I would make the world and then I like I had the strategy guide for it and I would look back and be like ah oh, I can't do this quest now I'm done I'm done I'm finished <laughs> yeah I played through the game a lot uh, multiple times actually so I did I did it, it like, took me a while to get a perfect run I liked the uh, the amount of weapons that you could choose from because there were so many and you could you know really pick one that fit your play style exactly and like every single one of them was a completely different play style and that was one of the things that really brought me into it is the more that I played the game, the more I realized that combat system is so in depth. Like you don't know, you don't realize like how big of a combo you can actually build. It's, it's almost like playing a fighter. Like you can build like these 10 hit combos that you would have no idea about if you're just, you know, button mashing the controller. Like you're, you can only get about three to four hits in if you just button mash the controller. But if you do it right, you can actually hit an enemy like 10 to 10 to 11 times i think my maximum combo i've ever had is like 12 i don't even know how i did it but um, i've never tried playing in multiplayer though how is that it's really really fun um the reason why i find it more fun is because the problem in secret of mana is that when you hit an enemy there's that time frame where you can no longer hit the enemy yep that's not there in Legend of Mana. So they're you can like actually, stuck there frozen with their mouth open. Yeah, you, you just can, can't hit them. You can actually yeah. set each other up for like massive combos. And like if somebody wants to activate their big attack, you actually have to activate it. And it takes about five seconds for it to actually go off. So you want your ally to actually be pinning somebody there in front of you so that you'll actually hit them. So it's strategic that way. It's for a PS One game. It was really, really well done. Now I can, I can, I can totally see that. My issue though, as far as the characters though. I, I'm somebody who really gets attached to the characters that I'm playing with. Oh, yeah. However, in Legend of Mana... You're blank face. You're... I mean, you, you've got your main character, which is great. You play through as him the whole time. But your sidekick is going to be there just for a quest or two, and then they're gone again. And it's like, you don't really have the time to get attached to any of them. Some might be repeats and stuff like that, but like if I'm player two... I'm going to have to play some with somebody else every single time. Yeah, I mean, that is that is true for probably, I'd say, at least half the game. I mean, eventually, once you complete, like, story arcs and stuff, you do get access to being able to have that character the whole time. Oh, really? Like, you can go back, and they'll always be standing in the same spot. But you have to complete their story arc, which can take a while, and depending on how you place the map, you may not be able to uh, get a, a hold of them until near the end of the game. I'm not going to lie, you're making me kind of want to go back and try it again. It's really Dang good. It. <laughs> it's really good. Dang it. All right, well, let's move on. What's your number four? That Final Fantasy Tactics. I know it, it should be number one, but it's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I'm not. impressed that you're number one, actually. Yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics, it's the job system of Final Fantasy at its best. Still haven't seen it done any better. Um, I still need to play through Bravely Default, though, because apparently it did a really good job at uh, some type of a job system. Is that right? It did, but it's not a strategy RPG. Yeah, it's not a strategy RPG, but I mean, Final Fantasy V has a job system, too, but I think that tactics does it and about three quarters of the way through bravely default you're going to want to smash your head into a wall fair enough okay did you listen to our episode where Uh, i reviewed it i have bravely repetitive yep Yep. great game but when you get to that part you're just like why would they do this no well we're we're going to get a sequel and it's just going to be more pain so i don't think so you better prepare your body i'm I'm hoping that they learn from that um and i'm excited for the sequel because the the gameplay mechanics and the i mean mark from what you played it was, you thought yeah. it was great too right oh yeah it was really good so yeah. yeah it takes the headache out of jrpgs honestly beyond the 
the gameplay though really for final fantasy tactics for me it this is all about the story-based gaming for me this game defines it for me because it's like a shakespearean style of a screenplay like everyone talks in that shakespearean middle-aged manner with that vocabulary and everyone like every character is done really really well like everyone has a great motivation no no one is just given filler lines everyone has a distinct personality and i it's fantastic and when characters die and they will it affects you 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 actually get kind of i got choked up a lot beyond that i mean you you get into the backstory of that game and when you actually start looking at it the insights are weeks for me of thought and like thinking about how deep that game goes because they have a plot twist that's a lie which is the other plot twist like it's <laughs> they, they lie to you twice in the game about the same exact thing yeah and by the time you get to, to the end of the game you're like wait what oh my god like everyone is wrong not just not just the original antagonist but the other antagonist is also incorrect wow (laughs) and the battles are fun that was honestly that that was the first time that i had ever really had my mind completely blown by a a game story so it sits in my heart a little bit high up there cool heck yeah uh number three chrono trigger solid good good pick what can i possibly say about this game you guys haven't already said you can just Um, reiterate how awesome it is it it is man the world where the world is destroyed. When I got to that part of the game for like about a minute, I was blown away by what I was seeing. I was like, Holy crap. Like Lavos completely won. Really? Yeah. That was a really bold move. Then you get into a jet bike race with a lizard man and you're (laughs) like, what, what? And it's like, Oh, it's back to Chrono Trigger stuff again. (laughs) That's like a, that's like a fourth of the way through the game. Uh huh. You you go into the future and you see that and you're like, what? Yeah, you are you, you serious? You see what you need to prevent. Like it hits yeah. you in the face and you're like, wow. There I really see. isn't there really isn't a game that I've found that I have played at least that does time travel as well as Chrono Trigger did. It, it you really know, you does. can you can absolutely make assumptions and be like, oh, well, this doesn't work and that doesn't make sense or like that. But honestly, like if you just take it at face value and take it for what it is, it really just does a beautiful job mm-hmm. um, in its own right for for what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's the atmosphere. I mean, you go onto that world map and you have the the massive blizzards going overhead and you just see ruins everywhere and you're just like, there's no everything is dead. There's not a single thing out there that's alive and you're just like. Wow, the world is completely screwed if we don't do something. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. All right, number two, uh, Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. Um, the reason why this is number two for me is because I cannot find a game that is more a quintessentially like complete experience than Link to the Past. Like everything that's in there is done to the point where I feel like the design team of that game was satisfied with it. Like there's nothing left for them to polish. It's a complete experience. You can't say that about a lot of games that are released. You will find a few things that are left undone. I mean, Final Fantasy sure. VII doesn't have Vincent's story in it, but Link to the Past doesn't have any loose ends as far as I can tell. And the game consistently gives upgrades in gameplay. You get new tools and tricks to work with. Uh, constantly to keep you intrigued and it changes the gameplay so you never get bored you go into every dungeon every dungeon is different it has a different type of puzzle 
and even the overworld map playing between, you know, the light world and the dark world. I mean, just exploring the overworld map in that game is... That's a dungeon in itself. A dungeon in itself, yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. And, you know, it seems like the world actually seems lived in, which for a lot of SNES games that aren't, like, a Final Fantasy game that's, like, very story-focused, mm-hmm. that is something that I don't see in very many games of that era. So I was Agreed. really impressed by that. Have you played the new one? On uh, 3ds? Not yet. I have to. I have to go pick it up. If as you soon like as I this can. that much, you will. You will absolutely love it. That's what I've been told. It, it looks. It looks like Link to the Past, just with it better plays graphics. Plays just like it. It's the same so, world. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna love it. Yeah. It's. I, uh, go I can't recommend that enough. You have a 3ds and you haven't played it. I mean, we we reviewed it. Yep. So it was it's great. a great game. It's All about right. time that they made it another top down uh, Zelda game too. That was agreed. Good. I haven't played a top down Zelda game that I had any fun with since phantom hourglass so yeah um everyone's like ocarina of time and wind weaker and i'm just like eh, okay those are good i'm not gonna say they're bad they're good but i want my top down zelda i agree that's yeah. kind of what it was founded on uh all right number top, one top pick i am i am flabbergasted i think it's a good game but number one man it's my favorite game you better defend it brave fencer musashi and here's the reason why i'm gonna i'm gonna defend it for me it is Zelda Link to the Past, only more so and better in almost every single way. That's the way that I look at it. I can see it as a Zelda game. Yeah. Um, it's gameplay. Every area that you go to, um, there's enemy skills that you can learn and use that are different in throughout the entire game. Because every single enemy gives you a different skill that you can utilize that changes the gameplay in that particular segment of gameplay. Even if it only lasts for five minutes, it's still something new that you're doing that's probably unique to that particular area because there's so many enemies in the game you combine that with all the different kind of combat techniques that you can get in that game uh, along with the magic scrolls and everything works together seamlessly and you can combine them into like a strategy of actually taking down opponents to the point to where even if it gets easy it still doesn't get boring and that's the name of the game for me is just doing the mundane stuff that you're doing like 80 percent of the time throughout the game never gets boring for me beyond that uh the the biggest reason why i actually put it as my top game is because of the tone of the story and the characters in this game brave Fencer musashi is like a perfect example of using video game tropes and cliches correctly every character is ridiculous and cliche but <laughs> likable that's true, yeah. I'll and, that. and the other thing about it is that this was like early PS1 generation, so we didn't have a lot of voice acting, but they voice acted certain segments of the game so that you knew what they sounded like, and all that dialogue that was done was done fantastically so. You remember the geezer? I do. Yeah? Yep. <laughs> Sir Musashi, why hath you cometh hither? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he talks like that. Yep. And it's great, and I, I just love that lighthearted atmosphere so that when things do get serious, especially at the end of the game, you have that contrast that it kind of hits you really hard, and it's better to absorb it in that atmosphere. I, I just I, I like the way that the tone uh, comes across in that way. I think that Marcus has actually said something about that before, like having a tonal contrast. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can't have a game that's just serious nonstop. Because you're not going to care. You have to let the the player laugh, get into the characters, have fun, and then you can start sucker punching them with cool twists and make them feel bad about it. Honestly, stuff. that's exactly what that game does. 
It really does. I, I mean, it's been a long time since I've played it, and I'll tell you what, I didn't beat it, and oh, really? I'm ashamed to admit this, I didn't beat it because it got too hard. Like, oh, wow. I, yeah, I got to the part at the very end where you're, there's like the spinning things on the ship, mm-hmm. and you're trying to get through them and, and try to navigate them and stuff like that, and I just kept dying over and over again, and I was like, you know what, I'll come back to it tomorrow, and I just never did. And that's kind of my other reason why it's in my top top uh, one, is because uh, it's not just an action RPG, it's a platformer and I like, and I love platformers. Like that's what I grew up with. So when you combine my two favorite genres together from my youth together, uh, you got me sold there. Unless you somehow find a way to throw in a tactics RPG into that. Um, I don't know (laughs) if you can do much better. Um, beyond that, I mean, you got huge level variety Um, every, every area of the game plays differently. There's dungeons that you do go into like in Zelda that, the gameplay is uniquely different and you have like a shtick uh, of for that particular dungeon that gets taken into very interesting ways. So you never get bored there and things move uh, along a actual realistic living town with day and night cycles based on an hour. I think it's an hour. Something like that. It's either yeah. an hour or 30 minutes. It's been a while since I played it. I think it's an hour though. An hour is a day. So, and you can actually speed up time by falling asleep if you want to. You can just take a nap in the middle of the street. You know, you know what's funny is I still like it's. I mean, it's been like I played it when it first came out. Like we're talking mid '90s, and I still get every now and then that song when you're climbing up. I forget the name of the peak, the mountain, but the song that plays still gets stuck into my head. Oh, really? I the music in that game is still. I still remember it. It was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I I do really like the music, and all of it's very fitting. I mean, there's. So many different things that happen in that game. I mean, you got zombie vampires yep. that, that come that, in, that infest the town, and you got to like clear out the them, and you got to wait for a certain time of day in order to go into certain buildings of the of the town that are open at that time. Definitely, and it's not. It doesn't just hand it to you. You have to actually kind of figure it out a little yes. bit. Like they give you clues but not enough to give it away, which is a huge plus in my book. Like that striking that balance between I don't have any idea what to do next. Uh, and Oh, well, why should I even play? I already know what to do. Yeah. You want to be able to figure it out. And then when you finally do, you want to feel like you've accomplished something. <laughs> right. Definitely. So, yeah. Th- so that is my reason for brave defense of Musashi being my number one. Now there is another game out there called threads of fate. That's also made by square. That's apparently the same type of game. I just picked that up. I have not beaten it yet, so I, I've actually barely played it. I have a friend of mine who swears to me that it's Brave Fensu Musashi just better in every way, and Real? I'm like, yeah, I think that it was. I think that was the person that told me. He, he but, that, that's where he got his name from, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Guy in our form. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah, he likes that game too. Yeah, but uh, so I haven't played that yet. So we'll see. But I, it's going to be a, a hard time for that game to knock. Brave Prince of Musashi off my list. Well, for the story reasons alone. I mean, I just love the characters in that game. Yeah. So definitely. cool. All right. Well, Mark, you got anything else for Matt here? Uh, I didn't beat Brave Prince of Musashi. I think I was not sophisticated. I don't think I was a sophisticated enough gamer at the time. Oh, really? Because I remember I played for like five or six hours. And then I just didn't know where I was supposed to go anymore. Man, you were the definition of sophisticated when I met you. The first thing that I saw about you when I actually met you was that you owned a copy of Sakoden 2. Of course I did. How could I not? I was ridiculously jealous. I was like, (laughs) I don't know how old. I was like 12. 
And for my birthday, I just wanted Sweet Coden 2. <laughs> so my parents had to figure Should've out how to Should have bought the do... first one like I did for the awesome box art. I'd already played the first one. I wanted the second one. And uh, had to figure out eBay. <laughs> I had to wait several additional years to experience the badassery that is Luca Blight. Yeah, pretty crazy. It's pretty awesome. All right. Matt? I mean, I know it's been a month, but uh, we're glad to have you aboard. Yeah, and, glad uh, to be here, man. We'll, uh, well, I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll have you back in the future. Maybe when uh, Brian and I play a game that you've played, and Mark obviously doesn't play anything. So uh, oh, <laughs> maybe we'll have you on for a review or something. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. I'll, I'll come out on here and give my outrageous take on any particular game you want. <laughs> That's fine. Sounds good. All right, with that, we are going to get Brian back in here. And uh, through the magic of editing yet again, yeah, Brian is back. Brian has returned. I was playing Matt's Effect. No, you I see what you did there. See? I see what you did there. Just plug in the show name. Yeah, did, did you guys get the Matt's Effect? Sounds like Mass Effect. Oh, I finally get it now. <laughs> oh, I was wondering. Uh, I was wondering what his effect was. Yeah, it sounded like a pretty good interview, guys. Mm. What do we think of Matt? Mm. I don't know about well, him. Well, he's I, gone, so we can actually talk and say I, what we really yeah, think about him. Here's the thing. Should we fire <laughs> him? Yes. I've, <laughs> I've changed my mind. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Now we're glad we're glad to have Matt on board, and uh, obviously he's he's got some great insight on gaming, and uh, got a lot to say. So good to, good to have him here, and he's he's always posting on the forums, and uh, got some good stuff on there. So come check it out, mm-hmm. and come uh, hang out with us. Come what may, show enough. All right, let's get to the biweekly question. Oh yeah, should be a should be weekly. a pretty quick one. Biweekly, yeah, this is more for Mark. I want to know what Mark thinks. Yeah, we weekly uh, question. We asked that since the dust is finally settled and uh, everything's kind of moving forward now. You know what? Did, what did everybody else think of E three? So I'll read a couple of responses here that we got on the uh, forum. Uh, Cruz thirty eighty five says overall E three was a great experience for me. I mostly just kept up with Nintendo as I was excited to see the new Zelda revealed, and Nintendo did not disappoint. The games I was most excited to see were Zelda Wii U, Hyrule Warriors, Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Xenoblade Chronicles X. Solid choice. Absolutely. Uh, the games that piqued my interest through their introduction were Codename Steam and Mario Maker. Mario Maker. <laughs> I wish they would have had a little bit more on it, because right now it just sounds like you can make Mario levels, and that's it. It's like Excite Bike. Yeah. Well, I like Excite hey, Bike. Hey, that's, yeah. that's a cool game. Yeah. It was, but I mean, I, I just wish they would have shown more. That honestly, like nine times out of ten, if I don't like a game at uh, at E three, it's because they didn't show me enough of it. And it, oh, I yeah. shouldn't say don't like that. That I don't look at a game more than I should is because they don't show me enough of it. Uh, games that he wanted to be announced but were not: Advanced Wars 3DS and uh, Zelda Majora's Mask 3DS. Oh God, Majora's Mask! Oh, yeah. oh well, no, what's wrong? With Here's what's gonna happen when Nintendo finally announces that they're do- doing the 3DS version of Majora's Mask. JJ, we're gonna review it on the show. Uh, we're gonna play it on our little 3DS. I'm not playing it on the 3DS. I will go off of the old school review. I, that game makes me want to cry. That's unfortunate. But I hate having to reset every two oh, seconds. I got gotcha. like, I'm all the way ever... at the end of this dungeon. Sweet. Let me reset so I can start then all it, over. But it's such ever... a great example of Nintendo trying something new instead of just reiterating Fing themselves. Miserably. Did you uh, guys hear the... Uh, there was a... Uh, I think this was, I read an article in Game Informer about the theory about Majora's Mask. No. That it takes place in Child Link's mind. And it's actually the... Uh, is it... 
the ten, uh, six stages of grief or the, uh, you know, there's the d- denial phase, acceptance, five, five phases of grief. Um, and it actually checks out, like, the, the way the game goes. It's, like, perfectly lined up with every one of those stages. And it's a dream that he's having, and he's going through. Uh, I can't remember why he's going through the grief stages, but uh, he's going through the stages of, you know, grief. It's a very popular theory that the, sh- that the that's why the game was so different from all the Zelda games because it didn't actually take place in Hyrule, but more or less in this boy's mind. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. Shinaoi uh, says, hmm. "Okay, this is a long one, so I got to uh, get ready." All right. <clears throat> Mediocre. That's what <laughs> he said. Elaborate. That's what he said. Reasoning. Mediocre. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I feel the same way about Majora's Mask. Um, so <laughs> mediocre or mediocre? <laughs> mediocre. Marina of time. Oh, boy. End of Pi says, to me it was lackluster. With the increase in graphics, the violence is starting to be too much for me, and most of the games shown I didn't have an interest in or I already knew about. Ouch. Man. Man. Harsh. Datman02 says, honestly, it was exactly what I expected. With the consoles getting more and more complex and people expecting more from a game, it will take longer for games to start coming out. Most of the new IPs coming out are coming out in 2015 because it takes time for the console SDKs to get updated and their engines to be ported to the new consoles. This is pretty much what we can expect for future console releases. Due to complexity, scope, and expectations of AAA titles, nowadays it takes a while to release the games. That's why this E3 showed a lot of teasers and showing development teams. That's a good point. Yeah. Some of these companies pretty much just needed this year as a placeholder. If the companies, if these companies don't have some kind of press conference, they lose their spot, which is incredibly sought after. That's a good point as well. But I honestly thought it was, I thought it was a solid E3, personally. You and I both, we talked about it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I think they're just, they're, they're at that, that hangover from last year's E3 where yeah. it was like the big, uh, the big bout, you know, like. The big boxing match, and now Definitely. it's just kind of like... It wasn't much of a boxing match. It was a slaughter. Well, that's what I'm saying, year. though. Like, it was that big... <laughs> there was that big showdown, and in this this time, it was literally just like what E3 should be, which is, hey, here's some games. Check them out. Yeah. He also says, Nintendo was the only one that surprised everyone a little bit. They brought what people wanted, which was a couple of new IPs and reveals of a few expected classics. Can I rebut McIntyre that real quick? Yeah. And all those releases are like 2015, so we are still yeah. waiting for but that's... them to release... They should have been making these games the day that Wii U came out, which maybe they were, but now it's like, guys, what are you doing? And now next E3, are we going to wait? And they're going to be like, hey, we got the more, we got more, uh, you know, Zelda screens here. Oh, yeah, TBD 2016. You're just like, what? He said, Sony had a great presentation, but it lost a lot of steam in the middle. They showed off a bunch of interesting looking games, but a lot of them weren't exclusives. Uh, I don't know that they... Um, I, I just want to brace everybody, but exclusives are going bye-bye here in the next about five years. True. Companies are figuring out that it is way more lucrative to go ahead and... this is what Talk to Bungie about this. This is way more lucrative to give your games to all systems, because that way you're not cornering the market, well, as they say. Well, Microsoft and Sony. It's a lot more difficult to get, because the, the development process for those two is so similar... And then trying to make it on the Wii U as well. I'm not necessarily. I'm kind of Nintendo's kind of the uh, redheaded stepchild on this. I'm kind of yeah. They're they're a, they're a generation behind as far as graphics are concerned. So they're. I don't really think they're going to get developed for a whole lot. However, PC and now that the PS4 and, and the uh, Xbox One are are much more similar to yeah. uh, modern P, uh, gaming PCs, you're going to see a lot of the uh, coming out in all three of those systems. Which 
speaking to that, did you see that Ubisoft released their earnings report for uh, for last year? And in the final quarter of the year, PC sales outstripped all yep. of the other consoles. Wow, really? Absolutely. Interesting. So, I uh, said Microsoft, Mi- Microsoft, Microsoft, Microsoft showed games, but there were a ton of teasers. Oh, this kind of defeats everything he just said right there. Sunset Overdrive looks great and might be one of the highlights of the show. Mm. I liked the way it looked. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Mm. I like the art style. I, oh, I really enjoyed it. So that's kind of people's uh, opinions on the uh, on the forum there. Mark, what do you what did you think of E three, man? It was all right. I wasn't blown away by it. I already know. No I'm, Man's Sky? No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky, like, it's, <laughs> it looks pretty awesome. It looks sort of like, I'm trying to think of the name of that game, not Terraria. Minecraft? There's another game just like Terraria, but it involves going to different planets and... Spore? No, no. I know what he's talking about. I don't remember the name. Starbound. Of Starbound, that's Starbound. it. Starbound. Yeah. So it definitely, it reminds me of a 3D version of Starbound. And the fact that you can seamlessly travel from the surface of a planet into space is pretty incredible. So, definitely excited about that. I felt like, you know, I know I'm going to buy a PlayStation 4. So, I wasn't blown away by the stuff I saw there. I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. I, I expect to see these games from them. That's a reason why I'm going to buy it probably early next year. But with the Wii U, Brian was down on it. But I was actually kind of impressed by all the stuff I was seeing. And it really made he me... He wasn't down on it? I went down on it. I just, I think, I mean... Oh, you were down on... Oh, it's all 2015, Yeah, so when are you going to buy your oh, yeah. Wii U? I'm thinking this holiday, if there's a good deal. But what game are you going to get with it? I don't know. Oh, come on. Look know. when he bought his Xbox One. How much does he play that? <laughs> hey. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. But when Destiny comes out. Uh, yep. <laughs> when Destiny comes out. Well, I was going to play Watch Dogs, but then it was Watch Dogs. What's wrong with Watch Dogs? Uh, I haven't played it, so I don't know. There's some bugginess. It doesn't really match up to the the way it looked in E3, but that's actually the case for almost every game now. So. Right. Yeah. So? Good show. Who do you think uh, put on the best show out of the three? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough call. I, I don't know. I don't if, think so. I, I don't know if Nintendo put on the best show, but they definitely exceeded my expectations the most because I expected almost nothing. That's a good way to put it. And they came out with a decent amount of stuff to show. Yeah. Yeah. Sony probably had the best show by a slim margin for me. It was just a little bit more impressive than Microsoft's, but they both looked pretty good. I agree. And for me, the 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 thing, the thing I'm taking away from it is Crackdown is back, baby. Crackdown <laughs> back. Yeah, I saw you talking about that on the forum. Never played it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited that the original game designer is back in the driver's seat and he's making a new one, kind of utilizing the Xbox cloud potential the the big rumor is that the entire city is going to be completely destructible. Oh, nice! So if that's the case, it could be really interesting. If that's the case. Very interesting. Wee, absolutely. Gweedle, gweedle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, so yeah, we're keeping it short and sweet today. Yeah. Again, next uh, in two weeks, we are going to be asking, "How do you feel about the term gamer?" Is it simply a person who plays games, or is there a uh, specific level of hardcore that that player has to achieve? Don't know. Because, I mean, it's really an if all I do is play Candy Crush, it's all relative. am I a gamer? Yeah, it's a really a relative question, because um, technically anybody who plays a game is well, a gamer. Well, let's talk if, about it in two weeks. If I'm a professional poker player, am I a gamer? It's a good, good question. We'll answer that in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys got anything else? Um, no, I really don't have anything else, um, but I do have 
something else. Oh, and that is it, that. No, I don't have anything. Yeah. Hey, um, after we're done recording, can you guys meet me in the back room so we can talk about firing Matt? Oh yes, we do have to talk about this Matt situation. Oh, His top five was just a what? Just ridiculous. Is that <laughs> is that the reasoning? Yeah. Well, that yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, that's the yes. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Matt's great. Uh, oh, see, he's got that Matt's effect on you. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's right. Matt's effect all over. Mark, you got anything else? Um, absolutely nothing. All right. Thank you again for tuning in to the Frozen North. My name is JJ. My name is Reptar. Reptar. That's right. The dinosaur from the Rugrats. <laughs> that's right. Hey, you knew it. Good job. And my name is Guanal Sudian Vidoshin. Is that just made up? Oh. Is that <laughs> no, no, that's really his that's name. That's really my name. Guanalsudian. Oh. I was like, well, so Mark, is that say, a name from Mass say, Effect? Guanal, like, no, Guanalsudian Vidoshin. Is that made up? Guanalsudian Madoshin. Madoshin. Or Vidoshin if you're the female. Wow. Thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate all of the uh, support. <laughs> send Brian, please send Brian hate mail after that. And you know what? Send some for Mark too, because I can't believe hey. he asked that question. Thank you very much again oh, for listening. What? This is the Frozen North. <laughs> I thought maybe it was signing a off. Bye bye, guys. Thank you, you know. again. And as always, keep on gaming. song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare.